you've got your Bible with you tonight, uh, find it, (laughs) get it out, uh, and uh, let's pray for a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this opportunity to study your word. We believe that you're speaking to us, each and every heart and each and every life, each and every person who's present. We believe that you're speaking and ministering to us so that we may come up and not go down, so that we may expand and not, uh, you know, not be restricted in our lives financially or in any other way. We thank you for your blessing now in each and every person. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, let's talk some more tonight about faith for finances. And uh, we've been in a series, uh, of course, if you're new to Life Church, you can go on our website like you saw earlier and get caught up and get those other messages, part one through three. Actually, you can go back two years because you're late. <laughs> uh, and you can, you can download these things for free, and uh, I believe it will help you. And even what we say tonight will be uh, more beneficial to you if you've heard what has gone before. But we're talking about faith for finances, and uh, we know this, again, we all need money. This is the, uh, the kind of world we live in, and, and people are thinking about it all day long, and sometimes thinking about it too much. How many of you understand when you really begin to operate in faith for anything, it's not that it's occupy, it doesn't occupy your mind 24-7, because you get into a place where you actually rest where you actually have trust is a relaxation. It's a rest in the ability of God. And sometimes people might think uh, when someone teaches on finance or prosperity, they think, well, those people, they, you know, they're, just, they're just money-minded or just thinking about material things. They're just materialistic. Actually, just the opposite's true. When we really operate in faith, we're, it enables us to put our mind on other things, really more important things in life. But too many times people are so preoccupied with finance and with money because, you know, they're struggling with it and, and, and they need to get past that so they can, again, think about other things that are really more important than money in life. And uh, operating in faith for finances simply has to do with acting on the leadings of the Lord. It, it is in these steps of faith that the provision of God is manifest in our lives, okay? because Now, again... I'm not, we're not starting at point one here tonight. The reason we know this, this comes into play because we know that God is our provider. We know that He has provided through the cross. By His grace, He's made provision for every person. All right? So knowing these things, He's leading us. And so our faith for finances has to do with, I believe that God is leading me into a place of provision. He's not leading me down a road of darkness, down a road of scarcity and lack. Absolutely not. He's leading me into a wealthy place. Praise the Lord. A place of provision, a place of abundance. He'll always lead me that way. I remember hearing uh, uh, years ago when uh, Kenneth E. Hagan was expounding on his a vision that he had with the Lord Jesus in uh, 19. 19- 59, one of the things the Lord said to him, because he taught him and talked to him about being led of the Spirit. Remember Romans chapter 8 says those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. You know, remember uh, 1 John 2.20, you have an anointing of the Holy One and you know all things. And many scriptures about the Lord's leading in our life. And he, he said to him, if you will learn to be led by that inward witness... 
um, he, he said, I will make you rich if you'll learn to be led. He said, I'll make you rich. He said, I'm not opposed to my people being rich. I'm opposed to them being covetous. And, uh, and went on to, to, to share some things. That's why I believe that really plays right in the middle of this. Sometimes uh, in, in our circles, the only thing we think of when it comes to finances or prosperity or needs being met, we think of offerings and tithes and offerings. And I'm not saying that's not a part of, of what we do, but I'm saying that's not the step. It is not the thing that has to be in place. I, and if it's not working, I just have to give more. That's not what the, I don't believe that's the thing that someone needs to hear. Okay, again, I'll explain where that fits in later. But if someone comes to me and says, I'm having financial struggles, uh, my first step isn't to tell them, you need to give more. You just need to put more money in the offering. That, even though I believe strongly in sowing and reaping and tithes and offerings, that's not the beginning point. Everybody with me? If we'll learn to be led of the Spirit, He will lead us into His place of provision for our lives. And again, go back and get those other messages to, to meditate on those truths some more. But, but one of the reasons the Lord will lead us into or away from something is simply because He knows what will work. And He knows what will work for you, and He knows what will work for you now. Sometimes we go to make a decision. We go to make plans for something in our life, and you just on the inside, it doesn't sit right. Why? The Lord knows it's not going to work, and so He's checking you. He's letting you know, and sometimes there'll be a leading to do, a, to do something, and why is the Lord leading us by that witness of the Spirit inside of us? Because He knows what will work. You know, I've... I shouldn't have to have because I've had a lot of good people go before me, but I have learned some of this by trial and error. And it's it's dumb that I have. It's dumb that you have because I'm telling you. <laughs> but seriously, I I mean I was taught this before I made some of these mistakes. And it's like, yeah, dumb, you know? There's how I many understand there's two ways to learn. Easy way, hard way. <laughs> Easy way is do what the Lord says to do. In the written word, by the leading of the Spirit, act on those. But there's been times when I've, uh, I've gone to do something, and sometimes it's with people, making decisions with people to, uh, to sometime in pastoring, use different people in certain areas. And I get checked on the inside, but my head gets in the way and says, but that makes sense. There, that's a good fit there. That, it never works. It never works. Never can you go against what the Lord is leading you to do and make it work. It just doesn't. It, it seems like it's working for a little while, and you think, oh, good, it's working. It won't. It'll always come back and bite you. Important lesson to learn, huh? God is right. Amen. Sometimes we think we are because he doesn't tell us the whole story, but he's right every time. And so here, here's what happens. When a person gets outside of the will of God, of the leading of the Lord, they lose confidence in him to supply it's not a matter of punitive uh, something from the Lord. Well, you get out of His will, and so He's punishing you with lack. It really doesn't work that way because Jesus was punished for us. You, you understand? The Lord's not upset with me. But when I move away from what He's leading me to do, I lose confidence. If He says right and I go left, 
I know the whole time I'm over here left that I'm supposed to be over there right. And knowing that influences my heart. And that will cripple my ability to have faith for finances. I cannot trust him fully when I know that I'm going the wrong way. Everybody with me on this? It'll bug you. And every time you go, thank you, Lord, I believe you're providing my need, it'll, it'll be all over on the inside of you saying, yeah, but this is not the place I'm supposed to be. Those thoughts will overwhelm and you know, you know, I'm supposed to be over there and yet I'm over here. And what this does is it actually ends up causing people to rely upon man to meet their needs. Because your confidence is shaken in God, so you immediately look down again. And you immediately start looking for a natural solution. And I want to raise things up. I don't want to live my life, especially if things are if things are good for you now. You don't want to get in a habit of looking to natural solutions. I want to be at the place where, man, if the world falls down around me, I know how to believe God. I want to be at the place where if the country went into recession and like unemployment goes over ten percent, you know some. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, uh, where I can believe God in the middle of it. Are you listening? You know, the cure for unbelief. Why don't you look over at Mark chapter 6 with me? If If I struggle with unbelief, there is a cure for that. There really is. Someone said, I'm just having trouble you know, walking in this, struggling to believe this. There is a cure for every problem. Thank God there is no incurable problem. Uh, There is a cure for unbelief, and it's simply this. It's an understanding of God's Word, which is His will. When I get to a place where my eyes are open and I see and I understand, I'm cured. I no longer have an unbelief sickness in my life. See, Mark chapter 6 and verse 6, It says, and he marveled, this is talking about Jesus, he marveled because of their unbelief. He thought, wow, this is the most amazing place I've ever seen. You guys are, wow, you have so much unbelief. (laughs) He was shocked. He marveled at it. Wow, this is a prime example of what not to do. He marveled at their unbelief. So what did he do? He didn't just go back there and and just rebuke him. It says, then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching teaching what happens if i'm struggling and if i find myself uh, operating in unbelief for finances i need to be taught the word of god i'm telling you this is this is key someone said you just need to read the bible Uh, yeah but most of the time people need more than that all right there's a reason god put teachers in the body of christ And it's true that the Holy Spirit is the teacher, and He can teach you all by yourself. But I'm telling you, from my experience, both in my own life and seeing others, most people need to be taught. And when they're taught with anointed teaching from the Word of God, it will dispel unbelief. It's having things explained to where our eyes open, to where our eyes are enlightened, and we see it. I mean, it's powerful. It's amazing. I know things, 
truths that I feel like I know and understand. Sometimes I'll sit under someone else. Sometimes it's guest speakers we have here, and they're teaching on stuff I know. But it's like my eyes open even more. Why? There's something on an anointed teacher of the Word of God that dispels unbelief, and it allows a person to come up in faith and to walk in complete confidence and trust in what the Lord has provided. And so, in our believing God, we should, I believe, at times be very specific. What I asked you this a few weeks ago, but what are you believing for today? What is your faith out there for? What are you expecting from God to come to you in your life today? First of all, let me say what I said again, what I said before, again, uh, if there's nothing, please start. You've got the ability of God inside of you, and it needs to be exercised, all right? needs to be put to use. You have an ability to believe things that you can't see and feel. It's a God-imparted ability to every believer. But we've got to use that. And so we can develop in this, in this faith life and in this faith walk to where it becomes natural and normal just like being physical is natural and normal to us. All right, Just like we do many natural things, operating in faith is a normal part of our life and a part of our existence. I'm talking, uh, listen, people who are young, people who are teenagers, people who are adults, people who are retired, whatever age, be believing God for something. Amen. You know, my my daughter, she in here? My oldest daughter is almost 13. Anything she should be believing God for, do you think? (laughs) I've already, I'm telling you now, I don't want to really see that so much, but (laughs) but I've told you, you need to start believing God for a car. Because I know how fast things go. I don't mean how fast cars go. How fast <laughs> children all of a sudden, teenager. <laughs> and I know just in a couple of years, <laughs> license. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, and there'll be need for wheels here soon. She should be using her faith. You can tell her I told her this after she's ministering with the music and stuff and the kids. And uh, I need to be believing God. Everyone does. Yes. Ethan? What do you believe in God for, man? <laughs> you got faith. You got the faith of God in you. You need to get it out there. And maybe you are. I'm not saying you're not, but I'm telling you, you can believe God for stuff. Yes. I mean, you're a child of God. Amen. Yeah. And we know stuff around. We know His will. We got to be using our faith. Amen. And uh, I think it's not wrong to simply believe that God supplies your needs. But what about something extra? See, if you're not doing anything, believe God that He supplies your needs. That's the starting point. Even if, you, if you've never even gone down this path, or actually you, you actually do this, start with your needs. And they vary. You know, a, a, a single person probably has less needs than someone with a big family. You know, someone who lives in an apartment, their needs are less than someone who has a 10,000 square foot mansion. Remember what I'm talking about? Say, well, they don't need, well, they got bills. They're higher than everyone else's. (laughs) I'm just saying needs vary. But wherever you're at, 
And for some, you own a business. You own a, uh, you own a business, and it's big, and you got, well, your needs are greater. Your, your needs are higher just to maintain and keep things going. But wherever you're at, you believe God, the very basic is for your needs to be met. If that's $1,000 a month or if it's $100 million a month, uh, you believe you receive. Amen. And, and go over to Mark 11. Where you're right there close. I think we should believe for something extra. If, if everything is fine in your life and you've got good income, and uh, you know, when, when, I say, when I say that, uh, what I mean by that is uh, you're not behind on everything, you're not starving, you know, food's on the table, every, if things are basically there, believe, why not believe for something extra? Watch, just because you can. Just because God is pleased with faith, Hebrews 11:6. I know, I know one, one time I decided... Uh, notice my language. I decided. I didn't have a leading of the Lord. But one time I decided to believe God for ex- for an extra $20,000. So I did. And so I started believing God, trust Him for $20,000. And every time I thought about it, which was not every day, but every time I thought about it, i just say, thank you, Lord. $20,000 comes to me. Thank you, Lord. But whenever I think about it, sometimes it'd be, a while in between because I'm just wasn't thinking about it all the time and it didn't happen overnight but I just would say thank you Lord 20,000 I didn't tell anyone I didn't even tell my wife on this one there were other things that we had believed for together you know prayer of agreement but uh and there are other things I'm still believing God for and nobody knows watch you got to watch out who you tell I'm not saying you could never tell some people. You've got to watch out who you tell because you don't, you, really, you don't want this. You don't want them to meet it. Because once it's done, you don't want to have in your brain, okay, yeah, you know, I prayed for that, and, uh, but then I told them, and they actually ended up doing it, so now I don't know if it was God or not. Are you listening? You've got to watch out who you tell what you're praying for. If you know someone, you know, and they can agree with you, and you know they're not just going to be led by you knowing their need, them knowing your need, uh, then, then that might be okay. But most of the time, what you pray for and believe for is just between you and the Lord. Now, if it's like a healing or something, that's different because they can't provide it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, but when it comes to, to something like this, and sometimes people, they, they want to write faith all over the outside of this, but it's really called manipulation. Ever heard seen that? And they're really trying to tell people about what they're praying for because they're really hoping that that person will contribute to, to their prayer request being met. I don't want that. Why? Because to me, the trusting the Lord is more important than actually getting what I'm praying for. It really is. I want to know that when I get it, it was the Lord that provided it. Amen. And so I and so I thank God. I just thank you, Lord. Twenty thousand dollars comes to me. Thank you, Lord. Someone's someone's giving it to me. It's coming somehow, some way. Twenty thousand dollars comes to me. But it, it was over over a period of time, and uh, and guess what happened? Twenty thousand dollars came to me. This opportunity came up. I hardly had to do anything, and there I go. Twenty thousand dollars. Say, well, that's just coincidence. I don't get $20,000 up in my lap every other month. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, so 
did the Lord lead you to do that? No, he didn't. I, I led him to do that. <laughs> Does that sound funny? No. The Lord put this, listen, all over through Scripture, we're told that we can, you know, John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you'll ask whatever you will, and it'll be done. That was something that I wanted. Amen. And so I took that upon myself. I believed God. I trusted him, and it came in. Amen. Why can't you do that? Say, well, if you can, if you can do that with 20,000, why didn't you do 20 million? Well, because I didn't believe that. That's why. W- say, wouldn't you rather have 20 million? Of course, wouldn't you? you could do, I could do a lot more stuff in life. <laughs> I could be a major blessing. Amen. So could you. But I didn't believe that. So why say something I don't really believe? How many understand this is not about just picking the highest number you can think of? And if we get that from the Scripture, these open-ended prayer requests, and we think, oh, I can just ask for the, ask for the moon. <laughs> and, uh, well, listen, you, we have to be honest with ourselves. Where are you? I'm going to believe for a billion dollars. No, you're not. Unless you're already there or near there or have been operating in that kind of stuff, your, your faith is there, then go for it. But if you've never believed God for a hundred bucks, you're not going to believe for a billion. Are you listening? Let, let's read this. Uh, you know this scripture probably. Uh, if not, about time to highlight it. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, this is Jesus talking here. Therefore, I say to you, whatever you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And, and so the key is not just finding the greatest figure that I can ask for. It's what can I believe that I receive? Amen. And, and, and if I can believe that I receive it, I don't know why I'm not asking. Are you listening? And of course, we know a lot that's tied into this. The more I'm aware of the magnitude and all ability of God, that He's my sufficiency and my supply, that makes my faith go wham. <laughs> And, and, and the more I meditate on those things, it helps me to think right concerning this stuff. Instead of this small mentality, you know, I'm a minimum wager. Man, we got to get that out of our thinking. You're a child of God, not a minimum wager. Huh? There's no one who can pay you enough. You're worth too much. Amen. See, what all these things do, whenever we see ourselves in Christ and see His great love for us, it lifts that limit, that cap on our brains that says, well, you're only worth so much. You, you can only go this far. And beyond that, well, well you, you shouldn't be thinking about that anyway. You're just, you know, and all these other kind of goofy doctrines that people have heard in church all their lives start coming rushing back to the forefront of their minds and how money is bad and it keeps the church poor. Hmm. Everybody listening to me? If you go around the, our country, you go around the world, I'll tell you what the, uh, one of the greatest things the church needs. You know what it is? People say, oh, people need to pray more. Well, that wouldn't hurt, but, you know, for people to do what they have in their heart to do, people need money. I'm telling you, churches need money. Man, this, I can get off on another subject here, but it's related. But I think... The best thing ought to be churches have so much money to work with that they're just, they've got the best 
buildings in town. Did I ever tell you my story about the bus? I used to have to drive buses some when I was doing youth uh, to certain event, different events and things that we'd, we had. And I was getting our, our bus. We had an old bus. Um, I was getting some repairs done. or Is that what I was doing? No. Anyway, <laughs> I was over at the bus company with the bus and talking, talking with one of the guys at the bus company. And he told me, he said, uh, I would never let one of my kids ride a church bus. <laughs> and I said, well, I said, well, why is that? He said, because I work on them and I see them. He said, they're not safe. Basically, you know what he's telling me? He said, they're a piece of junk. And I thought, gee, sad commentary. When people look at, uh, you don't want to ride a church bus because they got a bunch of junk. What, what does that mean? Is it because the church doesn't want to buy something nicer? Usually it's because they were buying what they could. I think that's tragic. I think church all around the world shouldn't have to operate that way. How much more could we do for, uh, you know, ministries and missions and things all around the world i'm not just talking us i'm talking the church at large but the devil has stunk things up in people's minds and churches preach poverty they preach small thinking they preach oh just be whatever you have you don't want to you know so afraid of people going to the extreme and becoming money-minded that they go way to the other ditch are you listening People have even, if ever someone talks about some of these things, like I'm talking to you about, there are some in the church who have come up with this phrase called a prosperity gospel. I don't know if you've ever heard that. There's no such thing as a prosperity gospel. There's not. There's only one gospel, and it's Jesus provided everything for us. It real spirit, soul, and body. But they, they have come up with a, a, a label and they put it on certain groups to try to discredit them so that people think, oh, yeah, we got to stay away from that. I'm telling you, this is the devil taking people from the money is everything so far over into the other ditch that people stay poor. When I say poor, sometimes they're barely making it, but they don't have enough to be a blessing and to give. Anyway, let's go on. That all came out, out of, I'm not just going to believe for $10 billion by Friday. <laughs> let, let me give you another scripture. In fact, you don't have to turn there. Mark 4:28. Jesus said, for the, the, the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. Everybody say, first the blade, then the head, then the full grain in the head. In other words, everything God does is a process. And that's why I say, believe God for something. Start with your needs to be met and believe God for extra from there. But we don't just say, hey, open-ended prayer. I'm going to believe for the moon. I'm just going to believe for everything. Start with something that you really know you can. Amen. And I've seen some try to persuade God to do something for them by by promising to give large sums of money to the church. (laughs) Lord, if you'll do this for me. I'm going to give such and such. Listen, that's 
kind of is that trying to manipulate God like he doesn't want to and we want him to so we're trying to persuade him to somehow see that's missing the boat when it comes to trusting what he already wants to do for us faith is the great regulator listen you can have whatever you believe don't try to add something to God's grace as if the problem is on God's end I'm trying to convince him to supply my needs No, I'm not trying to convince God. He loves me more than I can comprehend. I I don't have to try to convince God to do something for me. But I need to get my mind renewed so I think like He does. And so I operate in this faith uh, to believe for more and for increase. Because we know this. Uh, Some of you have seen some of the studies and maybe you've seen it happen to others maybe yourself but sometimes if a person in a certain condition gets a large sum of money dumped upon them that it can really wreak havoc in their life it can really 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 destroy them and uh, and that's why I don't believe the word of God tells us and, and encourages us encourages us to play the lottery to wish for a just a you know, a windfall to come down on us, and all you know, we're operating at this level, and we're just going to jump up to this level overnight. That's where, when we operate in the faith of God, it allows us to believe. Faith is maturity. See, faith is I operate, I believe the word more than what I see and feel. When I grow in doing that more and more, I can handle whatever my faith can produce. Whatever I can trust God for is never going to overrun me. It's never going to cause me to freak out and just go crazy like sometimes a lottery winner might do. Because that didn't come by faith. Right? But when I believe God for stuff, man, I can handle it. Are you listening? If I can believe God for a billion dollars, praise the Lord. Because I can do, I can do the right thing with a billion dollars then. Amen. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3. Let's finish up over here. We're never going to add anything to God's grace by trying to convince Him. But there is a great hindrance. There are some hindrances to these things we're talking about. And one of these hindrances is simply condemnation. Faith in God for finances is based upon God's love for us. This can be undermined by guilt and condemnation if we don't act on His Word and the leadings of the Spirit, even in giving. Now, some, some, some wonder, how does giving and receiving, how does tithes and offerings play into all this? I want to help you to understand. If you're a thinker like me, sometimes people struggle with, it's free and it's by grace and it's done and it's finished in the cross, yet I've got to give, don't I? to make it work and it's like which one is it all finished or do I got to do something is it just because just based on his love or is it based on my faithfulness to give everybody understand where I'm coming from I don't know if anyone's had that 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 struggle in their mind where you you see grace but you see giving and receiving all over the place in the word and you see tithes and offerings and all the promises that that go together with them uh this is, this is where the rubber meets the road with this. I've got to stay out of condemnation. If I feel bad about my life, 
if I feel bad about what I'm doing or not doing, that cripples my ability to believe that what God has provided by His grace is being received by me. It's not that God changes. It's not that if I don't do right, He pulls back. It is that if I don't do what I know to do, what He's leading me to do, my heart knows it. And it will immediately cause me to cower in His presence. I will not have confidence before Him. And that's what the Scripture says here. Let's read 1 John 3, 20, uh, 3 verse 21, actually. Everybody there? Uh, it says, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Can you see how a non-condemning heart is critical toward, to confidence? That's a faith word. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Now listen, understand this. Keeping the commandments doesn't make God provide for you. Doesn't make the Lord love you. His commandments are basically in the next verse. You know, you believe on the Son and in, in, in love, faith and love, basically. But uh, me doing that doesn't make God extend toward me. What does it do? It allows me to receive from Him. See, trusting in God is not about, I just trust Him and do whatever I want to do. It is about trusting, I trust in God by following Him. I trust in God by, if He says something, I trust that it's true and it's right and it's what I should do. My faith in God means if He says give, I believe Him in that. I believe that it's right and necessary for me to do that. When I don't do that, what happens? Condemnation. If I'm operating in condemnation, I cannot trust Him. I don't have confidence before God. You see, our giving, our tithes, our offerings, is not the starting point. That's what I said at the beginning. It's not the starting point. It's not the key. What is? You know, sometimes people, you know, they might ask, so what's the, what's the way to financial blessing, financial increase? Usually you'll, you'll hear it's giving. If you want to receive, the first step is to give. I say no. I say there's a step before giving. And that is knowing what we talked about the previous weeks. Knowing who he is, what he's done, that he's done it for free. It's about his love for me. It's not my work for him. That's the starting point. If we jump to point two, we've got this whole relationship with God backwards. It's directly contrary to the main message of the New Testament. And most Christians operate there. They jump right to step two, what do I need to do? And some of us, we think that way. We're practical. Okay, what do we need to do to get this done? That's a wrong starting point. Because that puts me in the flesh in my own works, in my own endeavors. Step back. It is about what He did for me, and nothing I do adds to that. Everybody with me? 
Do you see where I'm going? Sometimes people might think, this is just semantics. It's really not. It's really the difference between a New Testament believer and an Old Testament law follower. And it changes the outcome of what we experience. Some are in bondage, some are in freedom. And some are walking in the very provision of God. Will God provide for a person? Let me just make some statements. I'll ask some questions, don't answer. Uh, Will God provide for a person who hasn't given their tithe or sowed any seed? The answer is yes. And the answer is he already has. So if someone comes into church here and they have a great need, we can just pray with them. Like we could just pray for them and pray with them and agree with them that God will meet their need. Even if they didn't tithe, yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. And I believe strong in giving. Okay. But the key to financial increase is not giving, it's believing. Believing is the key. Now, the Lord will lead people into his financial plan of tithes and offerings. He will lead, if we walk with him, he'll lead every single one of us into this. He'll lead you, he'll show it in the word, he'll he'll direct you by his spirit, he'll lead you into fi- into tithes and offerings. The person who knows how much he loves them, that he is their source and provision, he'll lead them into his laws of sowing and reaping, of of his financial system for the church, okay? If they resist that, and some do, that's basically called not receiving his grace that came for free. What they do is they harden their hearts and they allow condemnation to sap their faith or confidence before God. It's not the first thing, but the Lord will lead now. He'll lead every one of us in this direction in order to prosper us. And yielding to that keeps our heart soft, tender, open before Him. That's what's necessary to trust Him. Amen. And so, I can pray to the Father in Jesus' name, and it's done. Giving an extra offering is not automatically a prerequisite, although it may be what He leads me in. You see, when I go to pray, and I know some think differently than this, but if I go to pray for something, let's say I'm praying for, you know, a a vehicle or a home or some material thing, I do not think this way. That as soon as I pray, I have to immediately go put an extra offering in. Because if I think that way, that's making the answer to my prayer subject to what I do. And not subject to what He has done. At the same time, now follow me in this, hope I'm not confusing anyone. At the same time, I know how things work in the kingdom of God. And so I'm looking to see if there's something the Lord would lead me to do. He has been, He is my provider. He has made provision for me. It's done by His grace and by His love. It's all there. That's the foundation. I'm looking for Him to lead me into His provision. And if I made requests according to His word, Mark 11, 24, John 15, 7, any one of those uh, good prayer verses, if I make requests, now I know. 
He's now leading me into the fulfillment of what I asked him for. In connection with that, would he lead me to give? He might. It's, I don't think it's automatic, though. Because my prayer answer to prayer is based on Jesus, not me. But me trusting him has to do with me yielding to him. Let me, let me, let me just finish this way. Uh, I endeavored, I'm just telling you how I operate, and, and I don't know everything by any means. I'm learning in this and growing in this. The way I operate is I try to be led by the Spirit, and I'm trying to increase my faithfulness in this more and more. I want to be led by the Spirit in everything. When the Lord leads me to give money to an individual, to a ministry, to extra money to this church, I do that. And I do that not with some kind of return in mind. If the Lord leads me to give you money, I'm not thinking I need to give this him some money so I can get some. I really, I, I'm not telling you theoretically how I should. I'm telling you this is how I operate. Because the Lord leads, the Lord does lead me. And I pray that he leads me more to give away more stuff. Absolutely. Why? That's who I am. I'm a giver because he's a giver. Amen. We all ought to be thinking that way. Why? And I just love to be a tool in the hand of God, especially if someone else is in need. I love it. I like it a lot. I like it more than getting something. I do. Especially when, it, when you find out that they were just praying for it the week before. I like it. <laughs> to see someone else's need met. I'm thrilled with that. So I don't do that just to get something. At the same time, I know that the kingdom of God works with sowing and reaping. So once I act on the sole motive of being led by the Spirit, operating in love, it does raise my expectation. You see what I'm saying? I have confidence in God because I did what He directed me to do. I have confidence before God that these things are coming back to me. And that's one of the reasons I know when I pray for something, I don't immediately have to go out and give an offering to make it come to pass. I'm giving offerings. I'm giving extra stuff because I'm endeavoring to be led by the Spirit. You know, there's regular stuff that we do, tithes and offerings that we do all the time, and whatever else the Lord leads. I believe I'm always in position. If I come up with a good idea like, hey, how about 20000 when I did that, I told you about that, I didn't go out and say, okay, i got to give 200 to get that. No, I'm just gonna, I just want to be led. Because without me doing anything, I have confidence that my provision is in God and it's not based upon me doing something extra. I can't add anything to the cross. But in the midst of this, all this goes back to he is who He is. He's done what He's done. And He's leading me as my good shepherd. He's leading me into a place of provision and increase. Amen. And when people know the power of sowing and reaping, their faith goes to work when they sow. You can hardly stop it from happening. When you know about how God set up the kingdom, how things work, when you give, you didn't give for that reason, but you know that's good. This is going to work. actually work out good for me, isn't it? 
Oh, yeah. And so you go away with a smile on your face. You're not, you're not striving. You're not working for it. You just know. What is that called? Faith for finances. It's called trusting God. Amen. And it's not even, you don't even have to be thinking about it all the time. No, you just love the Lord. Be a blessing to others. And always believe that He's leading you. Some of that leading is to your receiving. Some of that leading is to your giving. Some of that leading is to do certain, is to, you know, certain steps that you take in your life. But He's leading us all. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I think I've got one more part in this mini-series that I'll give to you next week. And, uh, and we'll go on from there. Amen. Father, thank you tonight. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your, 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 your favor in our lives. We believe that you're increasing. You're increasing us on the inside so that we can perceive and understand and walk in your blessings and not be tied down and limited because of lack and smallness. I thank you for opening eyes to see tonight, helping each and every one of us to walk in the fullness of what you've done and what you've provided. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing now. Thank you, Lord, for increase in every home and every, every individual. You're leading us all. We trust you that you'll never lead us into harm's way. Never lead us into destruction and lack. That you lead us all into a place of abundance. Thank you, Lord. Father, for those who are at the kind of the, uh, just really struggling lately, I pray for them. Their faith right now is just for their needs to be met. Their basic bills to be paid. Lord, I stand with them. We trust you. It's based on Jesus and the finished work of the cross. We trust you for their, their, their provision, that they're coming up, they're coming out. And for others who are, are good in that area, Lord, help them to stretch out, to reach out and believe for more so they can be a blessing wherever they go.